Welcome to Speaking On Demand, a podcast that breaks down the keynote speaking marketplace with speaker interviews, industry trends, and agent insights. I'm your host, Aaron Rayberg, speaker agent for Capital City Speakers Bureau. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's Aaron Rayberg speaking on demand. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Lori Guest, keynote speaker and great friend of our bureau. Here's a little bit about Lori. She's an entrepreneur, keynote speaker and author. Lori Guest is a certified speaking professional and is a go-to resource for customer service excellence. For more than two decades, Lori has shared her practical point of view on customer service and staff development with audiences and companies across the country, blending real-life examples and proven action steps for improvement. Her latest book, The 10 Cent Decision, How Small Change Pays Off Big, presents her most sought-after and impactful strategies to retain and find the best staff and highest quality customers while delivering exceptional guest experiences. Lori has been quoted in the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today on customer service and shares practical approaches to getting service levels where they need to be in today's economy and what an economy it is. I hope you enjoy our conversation with Lori Guest. Lori Guest, so great to have you on the podcast. It's been a while since we caught up. Uh, Thanks for giving me a little bit of time. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, and I am glad to be here. Well, I tell you what, this has been a pretty big rock to the industry, this COVID-19, and I'm sure you had your challenges through all this over the last six months, but I'm kind of curious to hear how COVID has rocked your world in terms of, you know, anything that's going on in your personal life, and then also uh, with the keynote speaking in your business. Sure. Well, I'll tell you flat out, the thing I miss the most is certainly not the travel. So I think you can guess on that, that we as speakers are thrilled not to be traveling. And we can still bring great content. But Aaron, what I really miss is the interaction with the crowd. And you know, from having seen me, um, that's my thing. And I will go impromptu. If I see they're really loving something, we'll go a little deeper. If it's not resonating, I'll ask a question or switch gears. And all of that's been taken away. Because even if it's a live interactive program, I don't have eyeball to eyeball. I can't read the moment and I can't use that impromptu humor, which has been my trademark. And so I think a lot of us are finding that we've got to pull some different tools, you know, some different clubs out of the bag, so to speak. You know, I rarely use my three iron, but I think I better get it out and uh, use it again. And, And that's what I think we're facing. I didn't know uh, I didn't know that you were a golf fan. I am like looking forward to the PGA this weekend, geared up for the major championship. So I'm not sure if you'll be tuning in, but since there's not a lot of sports on right now, yeah, I love that analogy of using that other club in the bag. That's great. well, and it's a perfect it's a perfect you know analogy for this or metaphor, whatever we call it, is because uh, I you know there are clubs in your bag that have no dirt on them. I promise you that. I could go look in your garage right now, and I'd be going, hey why is this club really dirty and this one sparkling clean? And it's because for some reason you're not in the habit of using it, but yet you swing the same way you would use it in the same way. You just don't, it's not your favorite. And I find that really interesting. Why do we play like that? 
Yeah, I hear you. So depending on where you live in the United States, you and I both live in Illinois and everybody else kind of has a, a slightly different story. But for the most part, if you weren't running an essential business, if you were told, you know, work from home, we're not going to go back into the office, that changed how you interacted with your clients and your customers. And I am curious, what, what are you seeing out there as far as those businesses that have to work from home, how are they continuing to engage with their clients and customers through technology? Well, I personally found that it really varies depending on how fast the company reacted to our current circumstance. So I saw some companies that jumped really quickly on how can we, you know, the word that's getting overused is pivot until somebody finds a better word, we'll keep using that one. And I'm sure you saw this too, clients that we had who already had something teed up. They had no choice but to pivot to some type of virtual program or there was a lot of loss involved. But now what's more interesting to me is where are we going post? So just this week, I've had several conversations with people who are trying to make the decision. Do we plan for a live program? Do we, do we have a backup plan if we can't? So my short answer to your question is, I think it depends on the company and it depends on their flexibility in quickly changing gears. And now we've got a lot of people you know, in the sandbox. You know, we, we've got the company and their plans. We have the venue, we have the speaker, we have all these pieces um, to pull off these events. So I, I think the answer is it depends. Yeah, everything has been so case by case. And I think one thing that this last six months has taught me is there have been so many like punches to the gut and different things that have come at us in terms of um, asks everything's been case by case. Every single cancellation and force majeure clause has been uh, reviewed one by one. And at the end of the day, I think all of us, all we want to do is we want to deliver that outcome that, that was supposedly in place in the first place. So how have we, you know, how we've rescheduled a lot of things. Some, some things have been canceled, but I've been telling the meeting planners that I've talked with, and I, you and I were talking about this before our conversation, but if there was, if there's going to be outside perspective or expertise that's going to be delivered to your teams and your remote clients and teams, it's probably going to have to come through a virtual venue, at least for the time forward. Would, uh, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, and I believe that now is not the time to stop providing these tools. It's time for us to get creative in how we deliver them because we still need to armor up our teams with the ability to do their job, whatever that may be. And if we're just gonna be a bobblehead in front of a webcam, it's gonna be really hard to engage them. Cause we are competing against, when you think about this for a second, when you sit in front of a screen, you're usually looking at YouTube, Netflix, you're being entertained in some way, or you don't stay in front of the screen. Now we're asking them to listen to a speaker. And even in best case scenarios, I don't know how people, are, how many people are excited to go listen to a speaker if, he or she has not engaged them and kept them interested. So I really think that's the key to our conversation is how do we get creative and get beyond just a talking head in front of a webcam? I heard this really cool idea a couple days ago. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but the idea was because we're doing a lot of these virtual events right now, there are some opportunities to get creative. And one of the ideas that a planner had was he had a few employees that, um, that they were, they were kind of the employees that you would want to bring up on stage and engage with and maybe poke a little bit of fun at. 
And what he did was he planted the employee name with the speaker and talked a little bit about the backstory. So as this speaker was delivering a virtual keynote earlier this week, he brings up this employee's name. And you could just see from the tiles that I could see on the screen, everybody was like lighting up. It just totally surprised everyone. So there, there's just so many creative things that speakers and planners can do in order to engage. I also love the Q&A portion of these, um, these intimate Zoom calls. I'm not sure what your thoughts are, but I think it's a really good chance to dive deep and attack current, current trends. Have you had any virtual talks recently where maybe like, you know, anything outside of the ordinary was tried or any tips for, for meeting planners out there? Um, absolutely. I've seen some really interesting things. Um, I actually have one coming up that I'm very excited about. I find a lot of meeting planners actually want to receive the keynote pre-recorded. Uh, because then they can count on it. There's too many technology issues going on. They don't want their heart pounding that there's 2,000 people in their offices watching and then the AV goes down and all of a sudden, you know, we've got a Wi-Fi short out and you can't see it. And so a lot of people are really wanting the, the pre-recorded video, but they still want the feeling of it being different. And so one of the ideas that I just put in a pre-recorded video is um, the client had decided ahead of time that there would be a code word in every one of the keynote speeches. And then they gamified it. So the attendees will find out what the code word is during my speech. And then they go to this platform they're all sharing. They go to my icon and click on it. They type in my code word, okay? And they're gonna get 10 points for that. Same way with the virtual vendor booth fair. Every vendor you go to, you're going to get that code word and you keep adding up your points. So by gamification, they've made you stay very engaged. So the meeting planner says to me, we're going to give you a word. Let's say my word's innovation. She said, you don't need to slide it into your script or anything. Just in the middle of it somewhere say, by the way, my code word is innovation. That's how they're going to prove that people are watching. Okay, well, that wasn't creative enough for me. You know me, creativity <laughs> is my thing. I cannot wait to do some things on virtual that I could have never done on stage. So what I did is I've made a spinning wheel and it has eight words on it. And one of the words is innovation and I have it preset to land on that. So when I get to that point of the speech, I'll say, all right, it's now bonus word time. Pay attention people, the spinning wheel's coming. Let's see what we have. And then the wheel's gonna go tick, 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 tick. We're talking about a 30 second bid at most. It lands on innovation and then there's clapping and fireworks and stuff. And then I say, your word's innovation. And that's worth 10 points. And then I'll bridge out and transition to whatever my next point's gonna be. This would not be done on a live stage but it just brings energy to this virtual platform. That's a real short example of how the client got creative and then I tried to one up that in the way that I'm presenting it to the audience. Oh, I love that. And uh, that would make sure that Johnny who was doing a load of laundry or flipping eggs or something like that, uh, he wouldn't get those 10 points, would he? <laughs> he wouldn't. And I think there are people who are really gonna care about the points. I think that, or put it this way, those who care will really care. Competitive people like you and me, we'd be like, can I beat Aaron in these points? I gotta get more points. Where other people be like, yeah, I don't care about it. I don't care what the reward is. And I'm guessing that there is a reward on the back end something of value, but I, I don't know what that is, but I can only imagine there's a reason why I'm gathering the points. Well, and that also seems like it could be, if not an accountability measure held by leadership, it could also be kind of like a peer-to-peer -peer thing. So, hey, I saw, I saw Danielle didn't even contribute or something like that. What's up with her? Yeah, I think that's real interesting. I like that.
One of the things you asked me about was the chat. I think that's worthy of us chatting about for just a second, because there are a couple different schools of thought here that I think meeting planners can think about. Thought one is allow your speaker to be on the chat, but silent until they're done presenting. So now you're giving the illusion of what I would consider a watch and talk. We're going to watch Stan present, and then we get to chat with him at the end. And I think that the more famous your presenter, the cooler this feature is. Because you don't get to walk up to the stage and talk to famous person one, two, three. You don't get to talk to that person afterwards, but now you get to chat with them. What a great added feature. So that's one school of thought. Do I get to talk to the person at the end? But the other school of thought is, can I chat with them while they're speaking? Now it becomes a little weird because you're hearing the speaker talk, yet you're chatting with her in the bar, you know, on the side. And how much attention can you really give to what I'm teaching if you're chatting with me over on the side? So I really think that if I have a client who really wants me to chat while it's going on, I may actually put room for that in the program. I may even say, all right, now I'm over here in the chat, people. Come on, type me a question. I'm going to type one back. And I'm going to give you about 60 seconds while you watch this beautiful bubbling brook, right? So then all of a sudden it changes to a landscape image. It's got some music going with it. And now it would make sense that I would chat with you on the sidebar. So that's an example of, of what are the different things we can do we could never do live. I, I, was, on a, I was on a keynote last week. And we had a former NFL player on there. So that was a pretty cool speaker to listen to and hear some behind the scenes stuff. There was a chat bar. It was engaged during the talk. And it was kind of like after the talk was over, speaker did a great job, but the questions weren't flowing in super fast. So I actually had a question. So I typed it in and it typed in a question and it was handled, but that speaker I don't think had visibility to that. So he was then had to be, you know, that question had to be asked by the meeting planner on my behalf. Then the speaker answered it. So I think if you are, um, you know, like yourself, there's a, there are, are so many talented speakers out there that are able to multitask. And then there are probably some speakers who want to just stay tunnel vision and focus in on what their message is. So I, I definitely love that idea. Um, if the speaker is willing and capable of doing that. Well, and the thing is, think how cool it would be if you heard that famous NFL player say, so Aaron, great question. I mean, you'd want to have that sound clip that so-and-so actually acknowledged your name. And I don't think that we can um, sell ourselves short on this. For the people who follow our work, even if we are not a household name, I still think that we've earned the right to be in front of this audience and people do love to hear their own name shouted out in these situations. And I don't mean the, you know, calling out their names, hi, so-and-so, you know, just saying hi and going through the roster. I don't mean that, but to actually respond to you personally for the question you have, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So Lori, your expertise is in customer service and customer experience. Um, so I figured I would just run a little situation that happened to me two weeks ago at a, at a restaurant. So in Illinois, as you know, the uh, restaurants are open indoors now, and they have been open for outside dining for quite some time. So uh, my wife and I, we take a stroll into town to eat lunch one day, and we both had some work stuff coming up in the afternoon. So we sit out there, and time goes by, and we see, you know, one table after the next getting served, and we're just kind of sitting there and I look at Catherine and she's like, gosh, what, what's going on here? This is getting a little bit out of control. And I said, ah, let's cut him some slack. 
you know, they're probably understaffed or it's probably very hard to forecast a lunch demand right now. So we ended up waiting 45 minutes for our food. And I tell you what, Lori, before COVID, I, I would have left. I would have bounced, went across the street, done something else. But I feel like um, I'm a lot more lenient right now um, to different service expectations than I would have been in the past. Do you think that that is common from a lot of consumers out there? Or um, may, might this be an opportunity for businesses to, to, up, to really differentiate right now? Well, the key word you said in that story is right now. <laughs> you were patient right now. It was one of your first times out. And as we're recording this podcast, we're fresh, kind of still in it, coming out of it. Um, so my answer is, yeah, I've been patient a couple times. And I think that's going to wear off. And here's why. I think that fear and anger are cousin emotions. And right now we have a lot of people that are fearful for a lot of variety of things. I don't need to do the list. We all know what the list is that we're afraid of, but we don't like to show fear. So we quickly shift to anger. So you chose to handle it with your wife. You said, hey, let's cut them some slack. But if you've been having a rough day, if things had not gone your way during the day, you're going to put that anger someplace. It might be towards your family member, or in this case, it might have been towards the server who forgot to put your order in, and now you're late for that client call you needed to get to. Now you take it out on them. I've been in several circumstances where this is the biggest thing companies are dealing with, and I like to call it armor up your team. We need to give them new tools, new clubs out of the bag, that help armor them up for this, whether that's the 12 steps to deal with the angry customer, whether it's the right words to say on the front end to position yourself for a better experience, all these tools because they may be rusty in their own ability to serve. And I often say that disruption is the perfect time to reset your service levels. So whether your customers are being patient with you or not being patient with you, we need to be ready to handle the angry stuff. No, I totally agree. So the last time that I saw you speak, the topic that you presented on was you did it on your, your new book, The Ten Cent Decision. So I wanted to get, let you put a plug in for your book right now. And are, are there any tips that, that you might be able to extract from that that would really, really hone in on the COVID-19 timeframe and how this challenging economy, um, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. I almost feel like I wrote the book as if I knew that this pandemic was coming because it fits perfectly. It's called The Ten Cent Decision, How Small Change Pays Off Big. And the idea is, is that a dime by itself laying on the ground, you would easily step over because you don't see that much value to it. But I step over and I pick, I pick those dimes up because when you stack 10 of them, you get a dollar and so on and so on until you've got a big chunk of change. And customer service ideas are the same way. If you take something simple and the only thing you're doing with your customers is smiling at them, especially now that we have masks, you have to let them know we're smiling. If that's the only thing you do, you know what? Quite honestly, that's not enough. It isn't valuable enough. But if you put all of the ideas, stack them on top of one another, then your service drastically improves. And so what I'm excited about with the book is, as you know, it has a unique format. It is a, actually a flip book, a two-sided book. Um, team members read it from the front cover to the middle 
and leaders read it, you flip it over and leaders read it from the back cover to the middle. There's no duplication of content. And I believe in an integrated approach to customer service, meaning that everybody should read the whole book. And there are just simple, low cost, no cost ideas that make a big impact when they're stacked up. Now, who doesn't want no cost, low cost during these challenging economic times, right? No, I absolutely agree. Absolutely. So my favorite idea, I'll give it to you right here for free on the podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Positive positioning is the key here. Whatever we need to tell our customer, client, patient, or patron, around here we call them all a guest, no matter what you have to tell your guest, you can frame it in a way that makes it more palatable. So I'll give you a great example. I was in Joanne Fabrics two weeks ago. And they are low on inventory at the particular one that I go to. And there was an entire row that was gutted. It looked like, uh, like it did when we were running for toilet paper. There was like one little spool of thread and everything else was gone. Now they could have put a sign up there that said, sorry, you know, uh, uh, trying to restock as quickly as possible. Some kind of sorry statement, but they didn't. And I took a picture of this. Instead, the sign said, yippee, great new exciting ideas coming soon right? The result is the same. The product I wanted wasn't on the shelf, but instead of apologizing, they were positioning at, oh, next time I come, there's going to be some brand new hobby here I can pick up. That is a power position, a positive position. And every single person listening to this, whether they're a business, a meeting planner, a fellow speaker, a fellow bureau, no matter who's listening to this, listen to every sentence that comes out of your mouth and say, could I have positioned that better? to make it seem more palatable, more desirable. People are really missing the boat and it costs you absolutely nothing to do that, but some think time. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to empower our teams out there as well, because a lot of times team members who work on the front lines are the, exactly the people that could come up with those creative ideas. So that's a really cool example. Yeah. And they're endless. I mean, when I start looking for them, you know, you could talk to me tomorrow and I'll have another example of it over and over. Either people who did it really well or people who aren't doing it very well. And uh, the power of words, that's where it's at. So one thing that I, I don't know, probably a lot of people don't know about you, Lori, is that as part of your offerings, in addition to the speaking and your book, is that you do a fair amount of undercover shopping. And yeah. I love some of the stories that you've shared with me about some things that you've overturned. But in all seriousness, if you're a meeting planner or a, or a corporation listening to this, Lori, Lori can do some undercover work for you and, and really reveal the true picture of what's going on. Is there any opportunities to do any of this undercover shopping virtually or in the current you know, mode that we're in, which is either phone or virtual? Mm -hmm. Actually, a lot of our secret shopping has been done by phone uh, because sometimes they're outside the region that we can, you know, easily shop them in person. So from the get-go over the last 15 years, we've actually offered in three different ways. We can shop you online if you're the type of business that we can buy online or even just to go to your website and give you first impressions on that. Um, so we can do online, we can do by phone, which is what a majority of it is, and we can even do in person uh, depending on the, you know, type of 
of business and the practicality of doing it in person. And oh my goodness, I really should have kept really detailed notes to turn it into a book because the stories are endless of the things we've seen that are phenomenal. And quite frankly, the things where we go, wow, I cannot believe that just happened. It is really an interesting business. And we don't go into it. A lot of secret shopping is more of a go into a 7-Eleven, taste a Slurpee, and then tell 7-Eleven what you thought about it. It's not that kind of secret shopping. It is totally through the eyes of the shopper. So if I hired you to secret shop a restaurant in your hometown, you may not evaluate it on the same scale that even your wife uses as a satisfactory scale. And that's the whole point because you're using it like a real end user would experience the environment. And that's why our shopping is a little bit different than some of the formal companies that, that do it full time. Well, I love that. So Lori, where would you point people towards in order to get a copy of the book? LoriGuest.com? They sure can. Lori Guest. And, and we'll, I'm sure you'll show them in the podcast notes, but first name is L-A-U-R-I-E. And the last name is Guest, like a guest in a hotel. And there is a store page on there and they can find online resources for customer service, as well as a copy of the book. Um, they also can get a free chapter if they'd like. I don't know if you want to add that, but you certainly can. The free chapter, they can text the number 6686. Six, they text the word dime and they will get a free chapter, which is my one on the eight taboo words and phrases. So if somebody just wants to kick the tires and check me out, uh, that's a free way that they can do that because I believe in free stuff. That's awesome. 66866, text the word dime. Yes. All right. Well, Lori, it's been great talking with you. Thank you for sharing some nuggets of customer service expertise with us. And I look forward to collaborating with you on more um, virtual speeches and projects in the future. Absolutely. And everybody needs to remember the takeaway of this is now is not the time to stop teaching. It's time to get creative. So let's go do that. I love it. Take care, Lori. I hope you enjoyed this episode and the conversation with Lori Guest. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get more fresh interviews, insight, and industry trends on the keynote speaking marketplace. We'll see you next time. To hire a speaker for your next meeting or event, contact me at area code 217-855-6909, call or text. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Aaron Rayberg, and check out my LinkedIn profile at linkedin.com slash in slash Aaron Rayberg.